Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Hi, listeners. This is Chris Hoyt from CXR bringing to you a special edition episode of our Career Crossroads podcast. This segment is the second of a new series that we've begun to do each Wednesday. These are held uh, online with various leaders and practitioners from within the talent industry. And the topic is pretty straightforward with an agenda that is fairly unstructured. We're talking about the impact of the COVID-19 coronavirus, what's happening in these leading companies, what these leaders are doing, and how their teams are basically dealing with the myriad of challenges that are bubbling up, some obvious and some still unrealized. The call is an open mic style of CXR chat, so it's not the usual type of podcast that you might hear elsewhere. In fact, last week on the first call that we conducted, we had just over 30 talent acquisition leaders. This week, we have over 50 TA leaders and vendors on the line with Jerry, Shannon, Barb, and myself. So I'm going to just jump back uh, to the call that's underway and let you guys have a listen. Just figured out how to um, share with candidates, with employers, I mean, with their employees or we, or even with customers, anything new that they're um, they're trying to get across to 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 their stakeholders out there. I'm kind of curious because I know a number of you have called us talking about um, how to how to frame uh, some of the uh, issues around things like uh, furloughing and so on and. And so those of you who have started to do that, I'd like to hear a little bit about how you've, you've handled that. Yeah, so um, a couple of things. So we are getting a couple of people chat in and just saying that there's some delay issues. And I'll tell you something kind of interesting while, while some of you mute your mics for us, please, if you're not chatting, because that'll help. Um, we had a call this morning, Barb and Jerry and I, and we were talking about the, I had met with someone from Charter uh, to talk to them about what was going on. And I am, I am in downtown San Jose, like in the heart of the city and literally right, right next to one of the nodes. And the service has been reported, like I may drop in the middle of the call for five minutes at a time uh, due to the internet because the service nodes and throughout the city here uh, in Silicon Valley are coming in at about a 98% uh, usage, uh, which is unheard of. Uh, and that is of course, because of the stay at home uh, and so many people are conducting video calls, uh, you know, these web calls, not just with family, but of course for work. Uh, so bear with us if we if we get a couple of hiccups as we go. I think that's probably what some of you may be experiencing. Um, but to to jump onto Jerry's point, I think that uh, it's been pretty interesting. We've had a couple of calls from leaders talk about uh, communication challenges. Uh, we've had uh, a number of people ask about how they're keeping their people engaged uh, so that they feel connected uh, and they can they can remain productive. Um, uh, I think we had one uh, half-joking call said, how are we going to do remote uh, marriage counseling for people because they've never had to work so closely with their significant others. It's driving them insane. Uh, but the big one that has been, I think, the um, uh, sort of the, I don't know, it's a flag bearer for the biggest, you know, all the topics and the major concerns, I think, are those organizations like a CBS uh, who's doing a lot of hiring uh, and how they're getting ready to communicate that hiring uh, and how that's a shift in you know what what they had expected to do uh, and how they look for that talent, as well as organizations like Hilton, uh, who has partnered with and Jerry, I'll let, I'll let you share what you talked with Jeff about, uh, where they're you know unfortunately having to furlough or lay off 
you know, the thousands and how they're communicating that and partnering to connect them with uh, other employers. Uh, and I think it'd be really great, obviously not the solution piece, but the communication piece as an example, Jerry, if you want to share uh, part of your conversation you had with Jeff and, and what they've already managed to do in just two days. Yeah. Now, um, Carrie, can you uh, unmute yourself? Uh, I can. There you go. Carrie has yeah. been um, heavily engaged in doing all of this. And uh, so I just got off the call, uh, a call earlier today with uh, Jeff, who shared a little bit about what they're trying to do in, uh, in hiring. They've got about 50,000 folks to hire, and they want to partner with various uh, folks out there. And so they've begun that effort. And I know Carrie's heavily engaged in that. So could you talk a little bit to that? Sure. Carrie, if I can, um, or maybe Chris can load up that uh, that website, whoever's controlling all of this. Our, oh, yeah. I'm happy to pull that up. Give me just a second. Yeah, yeah if you can pull up that. Uh, that so you can go to cbs.jobs forward slash Hilton. Yeah. We use Hilton as an example. So, so how did you get, how did this start, Carrie? Um, so I definitely hear an echo. I don't know if it's on my end or not, but I definitely hear an echo. Um, so it all started <clears throat> this time last week, actually. <laughs> I think as a result of the meeting that you guys had last Wednesday. Um, and then we quickly met with um, Sarah Smart uh, and her team on Friday. Uh, Friday afternoon and then we talked about some options but in the meantime we had already started to build out what we thought might be a good opportunity um, and as you scroll through this page you can see that um, it is targeted to Hilton so we do welcome Hilton team members and we have a couple of these that are that we are working on currently Anyone who goes to this page um, through the URL that we provide, they come in tagged as a Hilton colleague or Hilton team member. And um, then we hopefully guide them through the process. We know that two things are very important to not only our own current employees, but future employees. And that is why should they want to come work for CBS? And what are we currently doing to care for them during this, this pandemic as well? So we have, we lead with that information. The fact that, um, the fact that we are hiring is more, it's not only about to provide the healthcare for people who are impacted, but then also to find job opportunities for people who are impacted. So not just the health side, but also the employment side. So we have YCVS, um, and then we have the um, COVID-19 Resource Center, and we actually point them to what we are doing for employees. So if they do decide to join us, they know that we, that that's, front and center and a priority for us is the health of their, their own selves so that we can stay healthy and take care of our patients, customers, members. And then specifically for Hilton, um, also for Marriott, and we're working with Holiday Inn, um, Sodexo, we tried to focus on the areas that most urgent needs of hire. So we have, we lead with retail, certainly retail being one of our, our most impacted areas being that uh, pharmacies are staying open during this and deemed essential. Um, warehouse distribution centers also being um, a, an essential part for us. Um, and 
then we have hot jobs. So if, if you were to click on one of the, let's say the distribution center, you'll see the most priority jobs that we're hiring for. And then we also lead into customer service positions, farm tech positions, because not all states require a farm tech license. So we do, if we can get people in um, as uh, employees, if they don't have a farm tech license, but per potentially a career opportunity for them. And then we also link to some Aetna positions and then corporate roles. At any point, anyone can search for corporate roles on this page as well, and they will still be tagged as resource or source as Hilton. And we're doing that, um, yes, if you scroll up and actually click on that connect now <clears throat> link, which is just under Jeff's signature, or Jeff's, um, there we go. Uh, if someone is not sure exactly how to start, we also created a talent network form and on this form, we try to ask the bare minimum. So name, um, name, email, mobile, <clears throat> and then, hold on one second, I'm gonna clear my throat. I have been on back-to-back -back calls, so I think I'm losing my voice, uh-oh. Um, and then we have uh, current job title, current company, and then a little bit about themselves so that if they don't complete an application, then we at least are able to gather essential information that we can then route them to the correct recruiting team. And then we've adjusted our hiring process itself to in some situations like our distribution centers, we have a virtual job tryout, which is basically a realistic job preview um, assessment. And if they pass the, the VJT is what we call it. If they pass the VJT, then they, then they are not required to go through some of the other steps in our traditional hiring process. So they go right to, um, right to hire and then pending any kind of background information that they need. We are also eliminating the drug and alcohol and some of the background that's needed um, that we typically have if it's not needed. So we're working very closely with legal. I think as late as midnight last night, they got the confirmation on some of that process. So it's, it is literally uh, changing at every moment. We're bringing on new partners. We're trying to, to help people who are impacted. Um, and then at the same time, trying to keep everything organized because we, we want to be able to then, part of the process is to be able to then transition people who are coming over temporarily to us, um, help transition them back to their family, their, whether it's a Hilton family or Marriott family. So we have them tagged so we can continue that conversation um, that is personalized. That attitude's a big deal. I think that's, yeah. that's a big deal on both sides. Yeah. Um, and that, from a external point of view, that is it in a nutshell. <laughs> um, there's a lot going on from a, the process as well. So anyone coming in through those different sources will um, see a little additional care from candidate experience care from us, knowing that um, their needs are extremely urgent and coming through those sources. I appreciate that. Thanks, uh, Carrie. That's really helpful. And <clears throat> if some of you are, and what I love about this idea is that it's easily stolen. Um, and, exactly. And um, I know that both Carrie and Jeff had been um, uh, positive in the sense that if, if there's enough 
folks who have an interest in learning more of the details around how to, um, Carrie could find perhaps a few moments in between at some point. Uh, we'd be happy to set up a kind of a Zoom uh, meeting for that. So from an employer point of view, either just let us know or, and we'll, we'll see if we can, we can work it out. But I, yeah, I think you, sharing yeah. stuff is the right attitude here, and this is this is one of those things. Yeah, Jerry, so Chad uh, Goddard also asked, um, and I think Carrie touched base on this, sort of how, how they're handling that approach with regards to background checks and drug screens. I'd be really curious to hear if anybody else, how, how they're sort of dealing with that challenge or shift, and if it's, if you're looking at a temporary uh, pause on actually, uh, you know, performing drug screens or background checks, uh, or if it's they're delayed or you're doing any type of contingency, like who's doing something else or who's changed that process as a result? And Chris, just for, just for context, I would say, uh, I'm sure other people are starting to experience this, but we are seeing that more and more um, our background checks are getting uh, held up. You're like, we're not able to get results because a court jurisdiction is closed down uh, on the criminal side. And, uh, and even some of the background check or, or some of the drug screen facilities are shutting down as well. So we're considering suspending, but not, um, not, not eliminating it uh, for the people that we're hiring right now, but just suspending it and say 60 days out, 90 days out, something like that. But curious if anybody else is doing anything like that. There was a conversation last week relative to background checks and drug screening that, it, you know, the letter could be conditional against some of those issues. And the other issue is waiving some of it or getting your lawyers to waive some that if you're, if you're hiring people who are just furloughed from, from a, a company that would be doing some of the same kind of stuff, there's no sense in, in doing that. Uh, Jeff, I see you just joined us and uh, Carrie already gave uh, a great, uh, overview of what's going on at uh, CVS, so we appreciate that. Dan, I was going to ask you at Nike, what's going on there? Hey, Jerry. Um, we are, we're not furloughing any employees. Um, we have obviously shut down um, a lot of our retail stores uh, across the globe. Uh, we are, however, continuing to pay all of our retail employees um, for their normally scheduled hours. Um, we had to scramble for people starting um, last week was the first week that we, we were closing stores, um, but we did honor the start dates of all of our uh, retail and our, our corporate employees. Um, we obviously had to modify the some of the, the, the day one um, process, uh, depending on if it was a corporate job or a retail job, but we are still continuing to pay. There's no plans right now to furlough any employees. Um, and we are um, obviously slowing down hiring for um, the immediate future um, quite a bit, but um, um, we're, we're continuing um, to work mostly remotely around the globe. Okay, great. In that same, I guess in that same spirit, because we, you know, we heard the CVS, uh, the work that they're doing, and how that's how they're helping the hotel industry, uh, at least in the beginning here, right, with Marriott and, and Hilton. I think there was another mentioned. I'm, I'm curious, though, in the same vein of uh, Dan chiming in from a retail perspective, 
we've got Allison Payne on from Macy's, and I'm wondering if if you guys uh, have sort of something something similar going on, or if you, or if you're looking at something uh, and a different approach, how this is impacting you guys? And Allison, can can you share? Yeah, sure. Um, we um, onboarded people like as of last Monday was our last day of onboarding for our hourly colleagues across our stores and like our credit call centers. So we contacted, it was close to a thousand people and told them that we were going to just pause on hiring and we contact them when they could come into the store and onboard or into our call center. Um, for executive roles, we have been onboarding certain roles through this week, but I think we're slowing down on that a bit. Um, right now, one of our challenges is remote access into your computer on the premises um, in order to connect remotely. So we've been trying to navigate that. Um, we've gotten, thank God, a reprieve on the I-9 verification that, you know, now that we can do that through webcam, and then they just present it within three days of coming on site. So that's going to help us a little bit with our critical executive roles, but for the most part, we've really paused hiring. Um, we are hiring, though, still for our um, five um, direct-to-consumer warehouses. So those are ones where you know, we're shipping clothes, not, not furniture, um, but we are hiring at those five centers. And we've been seeing people from the restaurant industry that have been laid off um, most interested in those roles. Um, right now, um, we, we we're paying our people through the 31st. Um, we haven't made a decision past that point. Um, we are making some adjustments to executive pay temporarily, um, which I thought was a nice move. Our CEO is going to withgo his, forego his pay for the time being, um, which was a nice direction. And I don't know how much of all that is public. I think it's coming out today or it's starting to trickle out. Um, but that's where we're at right now. Cool. How about Dell? Yeah, and just, uh, we haven't talked to you in quite a while. Can you get on? Yep. Hey guys, it's Brent Amundsen at Dell. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Can hear you well. Okay, great. So I can't do the camera thing where I'm at right at the moment. But um, so for Dell, we basically have frozen positions around the globe, um, pretty much 100% minus, you know, whatever percent are mission critical. Um, our biggest challenge was, and the good news is right now we're not furloughing anyone. We're not laying anyone off. We're doing pay continuation. We've given everyone two weeks extra sick leave around the globe. So a lot of good stuff there. The biggest area of concern for us that we've been wrestling with over the last couple of days is our summer intern program. Um, you know, we had like a thousand kids coming in between the U.S. and India for the summer. And what do you do with them, right? When you're trying to protect your own employees, it's kind of an easy first one to cut if, um, if people aren't thinking longer term. So good news is we have gotten agreement from leadership to do virtual internships for everybody. We hire them where they, where they are and do the uh, internship completely remotely. Um, easier said than done, but we've got a whole project team pulled together of people who might not otherwise be busy, like some of our recruiters, and throwing this together and kind of pulling off a quick, quick and dirty um, but robust summer internship program for, for those folks. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, it's a lot of work, but um, hopefully it's the right Hopefully it's the right move. We'll find out uh, depending on how long this thing lasts. I think that's, um, that's interesting too from another point of view in terms of how a lot of folks have been uh, concerned about obviously losing some of their recruiters and being able to identify at least some things that they can do other than 
what their current job might be and, and helping with kind of a virtual internships might in fact be, uh, be able to, to save a few of them. So yeah, and that's our goal. To hold on, hold on to our, again, full-time employees, hold on to as long as we can. Contractors, not so much, you know, it's just part of that, part of that agreement. But full-time employees, we're doing our best to keep them as long as we possibly can through this. Yeah, yeah and I just, I'll call, I'll call it real quick and uh, just shine a click. We've got a webinar uh, that we're doing Friday. It is, it is for members, but it is specifically around college recruiting. Uh, and how that's being impacted uh, by COVID-19 and the coronavirus. And that's being led uh, by our own Shannon Pritchett. So I hope that, you know, uh, Brent, you guys can maybe send somebody. That would be great to get some of your wisdom and what you guys have to, you know, we can learn from your lumps. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Jennifer has been pretty active, uh, as well as several others, on the um, exchanges related to early career. And yes, she uh, has. they've been doing a lot of sharing, and we really appreciate that because I think that's helped a lot of other members uh, think about some of the options that they have. It has. And, um, you know, here I'm going to say this group, the group we've been connected with, have helped influence our leadership at Dell because we're basically saying, look, everyone's still saying they're trying to salvage this, trying to go virtual. Had the collective group sort of been negative and said, we're thinking about canceling, you know, the whole thing could have gone a different direction, but it was really the career crossroads and a couple of other networks we're part of where people are like, let's hold on to these, let's pull this through. So um, again, we'll see if it's the right or wrong decision in about six months, but hey, it, for now, it's the right decision. So. Well, it's cool. In fact, I can see two, say, uh, Dan Black and Don Carter are on and both are former presidents of NACE. Um, so, so obviously they have um, a, a strong interest in what's going on with respect to all of that. Um, so anything, how about, um, Dawn, you- Jerry, Jerry before, you, before we do that, I promise, Jeff, can we, can we loop back to Jeff real quick? I think he was gonna chime in. Sure. Hey there, how you guys doing? Sorry that I was a little bit late. Can you hear me okay? Okay, good. That's so good. Now I know that Carrie, uh, Carrie and Kristen, I think joined you earlier and show, showcased some of the stuff. Um, so I'm not going to reiterate all that, uh, you know, and, and shared some of our, our work there uh, with other companies. Um, but one of the things that we're really kind of keen on right now is, you know, I think the the spirit behind this is trying to find ways to make sure that we're t we're protecting those people who maybe are some of the most vulnerable in our society right now. Those folks live in paycheck to paycheck, so that's really important. So, uh, uh, you know, Carrie and, and Kristen and Tony and the team have done a lot of good work. But with regards to the college recruiting, uh, since we're kind of chatting on that for just a moment, one of the things that, um, you know, that we really wanted to highlight there is that we're gonna, we think this is a huge opportunity. We think actually that this might be the best thing that could possibly happen in a strange way to college recruiting because because actually people have been very fixated over the in-person experiences and all of the on-siteness of of college recruiting and i think this opens up the the doors to expand college recruiting in a way that it never people didn't think was possible before they didn't believe that we could do virtual uh, college recruiting and virtual internships and virtual everything else, right? Uh, virtual leadership development programs. They didn't believe that that was possible. 
And uh, not all companies, but a lot of companies, I'll say. Even within CVS Health, I think most folks felt as though it had to be an in-person event. Uh, I think this is this could, you know, shatter a lot of uh, you know closely held assumptions that the industry has had about many aspects of recruiting and employment and uh, and working. So, so would I ever have wanted this to happen? No. But uh, but given that it has happened, do we do we push forward on things that are good for the employment economy long term, and leverage that uh, you know more uh, you know to to the benefit of the colleagues and to the uh, and to the interns and college recruits? I, I would argue yes, we do. Yeah, it's yeah, funny. Jeff, and Bridget, um, that conversation started with uh, remote work and can this many recruiters work from home, and we're going to prove it and. Then the conversation shifted over to digital interviewing for aspects of recruiting for companies that weren't allowed to pilot it before, their culture didn't permit it, and now we're being forced into it. And I think college recruiting is the next one on the edge of that, where we're being forced to sort of re-examine and reevaluate how we actually do college recruiting, and do we need to have so many feet on the street? Uh, you know, can we do more virtual events? Uh, I think you're right. I think we're going to see this ripple in the next four or five months into every aspect uh, of talent that we've got from us. Yeah, I would have to agree with that, Jeff. It's Shannon Pritchett. Um, I caught some of what you said, Chris. Um, still kind of breaking up a little bit there. Um, but you have to also think that all of the college students right now are forced into a virtual environment, not just colleges, um, high schools, middle schools, elementary schools. Um, pretty much anyone who's in any education program right now is forced into that virtual environment. And so they're going to come in with that experience, um, not necessarily that we had when we did interns. Uh, internships um, are with the class prior to them, but they should have some kind of level and bandwidth to be able to fully function in a virtual um, environment. So um, I think that's very uh, intuitive. Um, I applaud Dell for doing that. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing more um, about that at our, our call next week. Um, just curious, putting, putting this out there, if anyone else is looking to transition their interns um, to bring them on virtually during this time. Yeah. So this is Brad, intuitive. We, we're looking at it right now. We have some internships that are very hardware based. So we've actually sent out a survey to all the hiring managers with some questions of the risk of success, high, medium and low. Um, out of the 104 interns, um, 28 of them were like at high risk and they're probably the ones that are hardware focused. So those ones were still up in the air as whether we can continue to go through that, but we are looking at still paying, not not confirmed, but we're looking at still paying those interns for that period anyway if we can't move forward on it. The rest of them, we're going back a second time to say, okay, we, we think we can do this, now let's get on. So we're, we're trying to push forward with it as best we can whilst as best we can. Hardware ones, if we can't touch these DaVinci products that we have, they can't really do mechanical engineering um, over Zoom. So do we have, um, do we have anybody actually on? I'd be curious to kind of loop back a little bit too with regards to the CVS Hilton partnership. And I'd like to hear from Hilton or Marriott and how they're communicating something like that out to their team and what the response has been so far. Just trying through the roster to see if we've got anybody on uh, from those two organizations. 
Uh, there we go. So Ashley or Marissa uh, from Marriott. We've uh, Marriott rhymes with chariot. Uh, do you guys? <laughs> you have to unmute yourself, Mar uh, Marissa. Can you hear me now? Yep, we do. Awesome. Yeah, I can speak to. Um, we had um, just kind of internal communication go out um, for our um, VP overseas HR for the Americas with a link to sign up. Um, and within a day, we had about 4,500 associates sign up um, for those alerts. Um, so there's obviously a lot of interest. Um, the roles do seem to be very focused to kind of the hourly workforce um, that we have, um, which we kind of knew that, that where, that's where the target was for that, uh, but definitely a lot of interest um, in that sense. And then, um, you know, just with kind of a, another pocket to this, um, our team, our recruiting and sourcing team is being impacted um, over the next 90 days. So if there is a team that is, you know, having an influx of having to interview or source, um, there could potentially be a partnership there as well. Um, our team is able to interview and could, could join in on that as well. Oh, very interesting, thanks. Uh, I'm gonna share. Uh, oh, we so are definitely hearing recruiters and sourcers, so we should connect. Yeah, that would be great, Kristen. Great. So Jerry, we put together a couple of um, a couple of polls, I guess. Uh, if everybody wants to just, you know, you can do this obviously on your laptop or you can uh, fire it up uh, on your phone. But I'll just share it so you guys can see it. We wanted to get a, just a quick poll of everybody on the call. I think you can probably see my screen now. If you'll, well, never mind. This is where I do interpretive dance when it sometimes doesn't work. I'll see if I can get that piece pulled back. Sorry, guys. Hi, this is Sue Shalom. Can I ask a quick question while you look for that, Chris? Yes, please do. Hi, Jerry and Chris. Hello. It's been 20 plus years since I worked at PepsiCo and was colleagues with you guys, but I have stayed engaged with you and it's a pleasure to join everyone today. Um, I worked in Chicago for Pepsi and Wrigley throughout the 2000s and about 10 years ago, moved to Vermont, got married, started doing campus recruiting, worked at the University of Vermont where I continue to work, and I'm heavily involved in campus recruiting, career coaching. I currently work at UVM and Johns Hopkins and um, job search advising. So I don't have the benefit of the background of the conversations that you folks have already had, but maybe Jerry or Chris, could you give me an overview of what's happening out there? In general, have companies scaled back or stopped new hiring? I can see how recruiting could happen online, but what about onboarding and getting so, people trained? So Susan, one of the things I would suggest to you, give me a call um, and I'm happy to uh, engage. We're, Chris and I are, are going to be engaging a lot more of the folks in our space who are able to provide some help downstream Yep. Um, so we, it probably would be best from the point of view of what we're doing now to, uh, to do that a little bit off, off site, if you will. Um, so give me a call. I'm easily found from that point of view, and I'll certainly bring you up to speed 
and we have some meetings coming up uh, with a variety of different folks, but you're raising an interesting one about uh, what we could be possibly doing to help many of the great coaches out there um, be on top of what the situation is from the employer point of view. But the time that we're spending with this particular one is going to focus more on what our employers are in fact doing. So we're giving them the, the critical time. You got it. Right. And then I think, uh, I think I've actually got it working now. So we'll give this a shot. Thanks for, thanks for the, uh, the stall tactic there, guys. I appreciate the teamwork. Uh, if you'll point your browsers or your phones to pollev.com slash careerxroads. And again, guys, even if you're honest vendors, we're asking you to answer as employers. Uh, pollev.com slash careerxroads. Uh, and one of, we've just got three questions we wanted to sort of pull the group, and we'll share these, obviously, uh, afterwards uh, as images. You guys, if you want to take them with you when you're done or take them back to your teams. But how severe is the impact of hiring within your organization currently? Uh, severe increase in hiring. You're going to see a moderate increase in hiring. There will be no change in hiring, moderate reduction in hiring, and severe reduction in hiring. And we can talk a little bit while, while those results continue to come in. I think also to call out, uh, we have opened up an exchange uh, on the CXR site uh, to the public. It is to members and non-members alike. Uh, and it's, it seems to be all COVID uh, all the time uh, right now. So if you've got questions you want to ask your peers or counterparts uh, and your colleagues in there and you want to drop something in or you want to share some resources that you found, that's a really great place to do it. Uh, we're leaving that open. Uh, very much un unlike the SHRM model uh, of things presently, uh, we're leaving that open so you guys can take full advantage of that. All right, Jerry, you want to comment on this or you want me to move to the next one? Uh, it's an interesting stepwise. It really, it really is. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it takes long to draw some insights on that. Yep. All right. So let me take us to the next one. So if restrictions stay in place for another month, do you anticipate additional severe increase in hiring, moderate increase in hiring, no change in hiring, moderate reduction in hiring, or severe reduction in hiring? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think there's any surprises here. No, but you know the the insight might be next week seeing a change either for the positive or negative. Yeah, um, for sure. So, so I think a couple of these polls might be useful over time. Yep. All right, and then we'll move to the last one here. Who will feel the most pain with regards to your company's plans to recruit and hire? Will it be vendors, so headhunters, if you've got planned pilots, uh, if you've got tech or service renewals, this would include the likes of like a LinkedIn. Uh, will it be the employees, and of course, including your recruiters? Will it be applicants and candidates primarily? All of the above, or none, you're good for now. Okay. 
Cool. So while those final pieces come in there, I don't know if anybody's got any questions or they want to ask questions about these polls or maybe even ask in the audience, right, the other participants why they answered the way they did or call something out. Hey, Chris, it's Dan Black from EY. Hey, Jerry, how are you guys doing? Um, so, so you know, one thing I would say here is, is that I know a, a few of my contemporaries in, in professional services, there's uh, you know, applicants and candidates you know, there's haves, you know, they're in different buckets, right? So people that have already accepted an offer and a lot of places are saying, hey, we're going to honor those offers. We might need to adjust where you're going to work or where you're going to start or what orientation looks like or your start date um, versus people that, uh, you know, that are just in process. Uh, so, you know, true applicant candidate versus someone that's already kind of signed on the line. Um, I know that there's a, a bunch of companies that are making that distinction in their actions based on what, what your status is as a candidate. And that happened in 2008, too. I think that was a big issue in terms of that period of time, whether offers that were extended were retracted over time. So, so, so this, is my, this is my third time of going through this. You know, the dot-com when I lived through. That's Shalia, I think, right? Yeah. I lived through the dot-com. I lived through the 2008 one, 2009, 2010. This one feels like it's the worst one. Um, and only because there doesn't seem to be a period about when people can anticipate when it will be over. Like the dot-com, it only hit one sector, so people could go to other sectors. They felt that the market would come back. In the 2010 one, it was basically the U.S. as a economy that was highly hit, certain industries, but people felt we would come back. This one, because it's global and because it doesn't have a time period, I feel like this one is the one where people are the most cautious, especially when I watch the economists talk about it takes for the U.S. economy to come back to full steam about 10 years. This one feels like it's the most dramatic one. Now, Shalia, I don't know if you saw this this morning, but this is supposed to be over around Easter. Uh, <laughs> don't go there. To the lame duck president, that's correct. <laughs> uh, Dan, I, 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 let me ask you about global from that point of view. I know that you spend a lot of time out there and you've got large numbers of people out there. Yeah. So is there any differences that you see in terms of how um, countries are responding or is it mostly that, you know, EY is, is hunkering down everywhere? Yeah, it's, it's fairly, we're trying to be consistent, but we're also trying to keep in mind that different countries obviously are in different places along the, the, the kind of COVID-19 spectrum, um, you, you know, so so in places like China, you know, for example, where they seem to be over at least that spike hump, um, you know, we're seeing what, what we call, you know, we're trying to, we're pausing hiring in a lot of places, um, but for critical skills that we're going to need well beyond, you know, hopefully when, when the whole world is past this, you know, uh, we're still doing some, some hiring, obviously. So yeah. depending on where you are as a country, Country. Um, there's also specific regulations um, that mandate what you can and can't do, and, including, you know, whether or not you can open offices and, and what you can do with people you've extended offers to, for example, uh, in a lot of the Middle East um, countries that we operate in, um, you can't defer a start date, but you can you know, rescind an offer, in other words, to go back and say, we can we can make that offer later on. That's actually what the government wants you to do um, or, or, or regulates for you to do. So so we're being very mindful of what's happening in country. Um, but by and large, you know, we've taken a global approach of similar to what we did in 2008. You know, if, if we if we made you an offer, you're in the EY family. You know, we're going to do everything that we can to to honor that offer. Uh, and, and yeah, there may be some adjustments made as to the when, the where and the how. Um, 
but 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 then each country is coming to us saying hey here's here's our need today obviously what we've been doing in italy was accelerated and now what we're doing in in us is more accelerated as other countries are you know starting to experience it in different ways jerry the other thing i would add that uh we're seeing uh that's impacting kind of hiring demand is we've got a lot of bpo partnerships you know with with firms that have uh, that we're using, you know, resources in India and Philippines and South yeah. Africa, and is there a capacity to support our, you know, our transactions, our calls, and so forth? It's actually driving uh, hiring demand up here in the U.S. Right, and right. so I think companies that uh, that have partnerships, uh, particularly, you know, in the BPO space. Uh, they're, you know, they're going to be impacted uh, with more hiring demand. It might not, you know, it's just one of many variables, but I think it's an important one to, uh, to be tuned into. I, I imagine that some that have offshored from a manufacturing point of view are also trying to figure out how they can open a couple factories here as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, Chad, uh, this is Jeff Lackey. We're seeing the same thing uh, within CVS Health. Uh, we have a lot of offshore BPO. And what we're seeing is that there's an impact uh, to those organizations in particular uh, as they're being uh, having to shut down or defer. And so like that, I mean, in a heartbeat, all of a sudden we're, uh, we're seeing a need to, uh, to have to cover all of that work in the U.S. side. So, uh, so my member services customer call centers, um, I'm being asked to say, hey, I don't need full-time labor in these but I may need several hundred and we're trying to get a definition on how big because they're figuring out how much does it translate over into the U.S. call center. But we're going to need a lot of folks in these different call centers covering all the things that were being covered out in, uh, in, those, other, uh, in all those other locations uh, in the transactional support. So it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's, kind, of a, it's kind of a strange um, you know, phenomena that we're watching happen where we think, well, you know, at least we can count on these, these things. Well, actually almost nothing, no assumptions that we've made, um, you know, are, are worth uh, counting on at this point in time. We, we just assume that we might as well throw out every playbook that we ever created. And we're going to, uh, we're going to have to figure out how to do this uh, from scratch. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're really coming together to, to figure those things out. But is that what you're seeing also, Chad? Yeah, that, that's exactly it. So, you know, we've, we've got like, uh, we got two big partners in India, you know, about 500 resources total. Uh, and we're expecting capacity over the next month or two to probably be around 20% of what it typically is. So that's, uh, that's driving a pretty, pretty big hiring uh, push in that, in that one business line, uh, you know, right now. That's that's a workforce planning issue for sure at this point for a lot of companies so, you know, that have so many moving parts, right? I mean, it's hard to predict, you know, call volumes, you know, part of our business is, uh, you know, cell phone warranty and repair. You know, we've got, you know, clients are closing retail stores, consumer, uh, you know, it turns out when nobody goes out, they don't break too many phones, right? So, you know, consumer uh, patterns are changing as well as client patterns, as well as, you know, partner patterns. And so, uh, gosh, you, you know, uh, workforce analysts right now have got their hands full, that's for sure. 
Um, I'm glad there's a lot of TA leaders who have a lot of experience that are in the right spot to step up on this. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, and, and before it gets away from me, Jerry, for for those that might not be um, might not be on the webinar but are but are listening, uh, we had a nice call out to just kind of explain some of the stats we saw here. So just I'll go through them really quickly before we run out of time. The first question we'd ask was how severe is the impact of hiring in your organization currently? And our poll respondents said four percent said there is a severe uh, increase in hiring as a result. Eleven percent said it was a moderate increase in hiring. 25% uh, said no change in hiring, 25% said moderate reduction in hiring, and 36% said there was a severe reduction in hiring, and I think that's where we had said, hey, no surprise there. Uh, the next poll we had asked was if restrictions stayed in place for another month, uh, what do you anticipate? 4% said a severe increase in hiring, 15% uh, said a moderate increase in hiring, 15% also said no change at all, 22% uh, said a moderate reduction in hiring, and then 44% uh, said they expected uh, a severe reduction in hiring if the restrictions stayed for another month. And then lastly, uh, we asked who feel the most pain with regards to the company's plans to recruit and hire. 4% of our attendees said that it would be the vendors, those that are doing uh, the pilots, the tech service renewals, et cetera. 21% of our attendees said it would be the employees that feel that. 14% uh, said it would be the applicants and the candidates. 36% uh, said, hey man, it is all of the above. It is everybody. And 25% of those on the call said uh, none, that we're actually good for now. Cool. All right, so that's for the audio group. Um, is there any comments before, as we come to the end of the, of, of the hour, because I know we want to try and respect the time that everybody has. So we're trying to keep these to one hour each uh, week and we'll do it again next week uh, for those that want to update on what's what's transpiring. Um, but I know we have a number of uh, healthcare organizations here like Kathy and Kristen and, and um, well, there's a couple more. So uh, Kathy, any thoughts relative to what's going on or Kristen relative to the issues of all those healthcare organizations that we rely on out there and what we could do to be helping them. Oh yeah, well, we'll happily take recruiters. So we are, it's a little bit different than a lot of people on the call. We're, we're in a pretty frantic hiring place. Um, so we right now are just repositioning like our corporate recruiters today are gonna help call people who, we ran a campaign um, to all former teammates, people who were with DeVita in the past few years and said, would you be willing to pick up a shift if we need you? And we had 1,400 people raise their hand that whether it was just giving a nurse a four-hour break or um, working a shift during COVID, they would be happy to help. And so we are getting through that list in recruiting right now. We're trying to prioritize New York and California, obviously and just helping what's unique in our situation with dialysis is they're a highly at-risk patient group. But if a nurse is quarantined, they um, can't, you know, if a patient had exposure, the nurse is quarantined for 14 days, so therefore we're short-staffed right there, just off one exposure. So we are trying to get these alumni to maybe come, they're much cheaper than travel nurses, as you could imagine, who are asking just exorbitant rates right now. Um, so we're trying to get alumni to help pick up shifts. 
where you have teammates that have volunteered our employees to go any area of need. So we're just uh, we're trying to be nimble and, and really be a little bit proactive in building names of how to help, try to anticipate where the largest needs are. Um, and then we haven't seen hiring slow at all, even on the corporate side. So we will, um, we'd love any help or ideas, and we're about to run some campaigns later today in the press that kind of, um, in a world of change, be the change. And we're trying to really advertise that our patient care tech roles will train you and that we can go after those hourly restaurant workers who have a service mindset and teach them how to do patient care. Um, so we're trying to get that message out there that, you know, we'll hire 5,000 of those people this year and, and we will pay train you. So that's a little bit about what David is doing. It's, it's a hopping time, but it's also, um, it feels like the work we're doing is making a difference. So that makes me happy. It's kind of cool. It seems to me that the, that uh, if, if nothing changes, you, you have to, in between patients and everything else, do some extraordinary amount of cleaning, yeah. um, and that much more so than in the past. And it seems that you should be able to train people to be able to do that pretty quickly, yeah. uh, for, even if it's on a contingent basis. But you shouldn't, obviously, the expensive nurses should not be the ones having to do that. No, they're not today, but the issue is they have to do, not an issue, but they have to do an evaluation of every patient that comes in every time to take their temperature and ask a few questions. And right now we're trying to figure out, does it really have to be someone clinical that could do that um, and allow the nurses to really just do true patient care? And could a volunteer, a family member, like is there what would be safe and, and not have a lot of additional exposure? That is a need that's, it was an additional incremental task that was thrown on in addition to a time where we're seeing, you know, some leaves of absences and some call outs and whatnot. So, cool. yeah. Thank you. Hey, Kristen, just a call out here. Um, you yep. may want to ask your government affairs folks to talk with uh, CVS Health Government Affairs. Okay. We're trying to work with governors across the nation to extend um, the ability like to farm techs and other lower end healthcare providers to do things like temperature checks, swabs, et cetera, on, on an executive order basis to help clear the way so that, uh, so to your point, Jerry, our lower, our, our, our people can work higher in, in their license to do some of the more menial tasks that, um, that don't really require a doctor or a nurse practitioner or RN to be able to do. Yeah, cool. That is awesome intel. We are also, Jeff, if we could ever partner, we're really mm -hmm. wanting to push state licensure of nursing. Like the New York one yeah. is a huge issue that it's yeah. not on the compact license. We need those barriers taken down right now so we can get nurses in from any state. Yeah, I, I agree. Other, so again, that. Mm -hmm. This is Dawn. I think the other thing is how do you guys look outside of your industry to find people like flight yeah. attendants who have a high uh resonant of empathy who may be furloughed and is there work that you could put them to work on i just think you know in some of these areas where like you guys said you're gonna have to look outside your guardrails but i, I think about flight attendants because my nephew is one and most likely he'll be furloughed in a few days and so here's a group of highly trained with safety and security and things of that sort that might be an opportunity to look out for some of these lower level roles yeah, and we have members that are 
American Airlines, United, et cetera, et cetera. So we know that they're they're ready to pull the trigger for sure. Yeah, it's a great yeah. idea, Don. I mean, we definitely need those roles for customer service. And of course, we're partnering with our local hospitalities, um, ho hotels in, in Orlando that are doing tons of layoffs to hire their housekeeping and food services for our hospitals. So um, we're a very similar situation to Kristen. We need all the people we can get. Um, although really for us, for the, the acute care hospitals, it's a little calm before the storm um, because we've canceled all non-essential surgeries and, you know, just things that, I mean, people aren't just coming in, right? It's a, uh, staying home for other reasons. And so it is very calm right now, but we are preparing for worst case situation. So we were the ones, if it gets worse or stays the same with the, the shutdowns, then that means that we're seeing more and more cases. So um, that's why we need the additional help. So we're doing the boomerang alumni programs as well, just to come take some extra shifts. But those lower level roles, you know, we're getting some great partnerships with some big companies to, to switch candidates. So guys, with that, I want to be I want to be really respectful of the time that we had roped off. I know all of us are super slam busy, and we just love that calls all day. Uh, I want to remind you that we've got an open exchange that is available to everybody, members and non-members, to talk about any of this. I also want to remind you that CXR is working to pull together some organizations like CVS and a couple of the others that were mentioned, Marriott and Hilton, uh, to talk about what's going on there and do more of a collaborative effort. Uh, we are working to pull in some in the vendor space to help with that as well, uh, to see what we can do with to help with all of the talent out there that is either uh, looking to be hired or, or looking to unfortunately uh, be displaced. Uh, so just keep an eye out for that. If you are uh, up for any of that or you're interested in reaching out to us, obviously it's just, it's Chris at, it's Jerry at, it's Shannon at, it's Barb at, it's cxrworks.com. Uh, and we will, uh, we'll see you guys all around. We'll do this same thing next week at the same time. We're also going to do a Europe COVID-19 call next week. Uh, so if you've got teams that are out uh, in EMEA uh, and they want to be part of that call, just let us know. We'll get the invite out. Uh, Barb can make sure that they get all the information they need so that they can talk. I know they've got some issues and they're a little ahead of the curve uh, than most of us are, so that might be good. Uh, and then I think lastly, don't forget to join us for happy hour. Uh, on Thursday, we're doing it because we're all just we're just stuck, right? We're stuck at home, so we're doing a virtual happy hour every week as well. That's always fun. You don't have to bring uh, a drink; you just have to bring a little bit of a sense of humor and a willingness to connect with some of your friends in the space. So I'm going to let everybody go. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate you joining the call and uh, being on the cast. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.